0: Uh, good morning. Let's start. Today's share is Le'ilu uh, Nishmas Yehudis Bas Shmuel, and Le'ilu Nishmas Shlomit Bas Benzion Marachai, and Le'ilu Nishmas Nishmas Matishiau Marachai Ben Yosef. May their memory be a blessing. Um today's daf is Daf Ayin Gimel. We got up to about the ninth line of Ayin Gimel at the two dots. The new teaching starts Itmar. And um, so 73a. Um, This gemara is going to carry on with our discussion on Mishasek. So remember, yesterday we learned a new concept. um, In Hebrew it's called Mishasek. And what it really is, um, and we translated that as preoccupied. Basically it means you're trying to do one action and another action happens. Now Mishasek is so far from what you actually intended that we say... um, it's so far from what you actually intended that we say it's, you're not even high a chattas, a korban chattas. So, yeah, so now we're going to carry on with that discussion. So it says, Itmar, Niskaven, Lizroik, Shtayim, Arba. What happens if someone was standing in the public domain and he intended to throw two Amos and he accidentally overthrew it and threw four Amos? Now, what's the question there? If he would have thrown two Amos, he would be potter. We know to transgress carrying in public domain, you have to carry it more than four Amos. So what happened, or throw it more than four Amos. But here, he only meant to do an act that was muta that was throwing it four Amos, uh, two Amos, but he accidentally threw it four. Rava Omar Potter, Rabbi Omar Rava says he's exempt from a kobang hadas, and Rabbi says he's chayav. Rava Omar Potter, Darba. Rava says he's potter because he did not intend to... Throw it for. The act he tried to do was a mutter act. Throw it to Amos. And he accidentally threw it for. Abaya says he's chayev because the act he planned, he did. He planned on throwing it and he threw it. So how can you say it's not an act? It is the act that he planned. Yeah, I should have mentioned. Remember... On Shabbos to obligate a person, I mean, you can. We it's a, you also have to debate how it fits in with other mitzvahs. But we say there's a um. What's the? Sorry, I forgot the the word. Yeah. Oh, if is it has to be thought out. So it has to be to some degree what you planned on doing. Otherwise, you won't be And that's what Rav is saying. This is not what you planned on doing. And Abaye is saying, at the end of the day, it is what you planned. You planned on throwing, and you throwing, and you threw it. Korsavur. Now we bring a third, another case. Korsavur Rishus Hayochid, Vanim Rishus Harabin. He thought he was standing in a Rishus Harochid, and he threw it for Amos. And then it turns out he was standing in a Rishus Harabin. Rava Amar says he's Potu. Abaye Amar And Abaye says he's Chayv. Roma Amapatu Rabbit says he's exempt from a karban to holoy michavain lizrika the isura because he had no intent for a forbidden zrika. Why? Again, he was he thought he was standing in a Rashushayochir and his intent was to do a permitted act. But the fact that the act turned out to be forbidden, that's not enough to obligate him in a khatiz. Vabaya omaranabaya says Chayev doho machavin is rika ba'ama. Bayah says he's Chayev because he intended to throw. At the end of the day, he did what he intended to do. Now the Gomorrah is going to just raise. We've actually brought us Machlokes, Abayah and Rava, So let's just... Um, three times. But basically it seems, um, along the lines of, what's there, Machlokes? Rava says, you had to have intent to do an act that was forbidden. If your intent is to do an act that's permitted... No, we're not discussing that you didn't know whether it was forbidden or not. Because if you planned on um, writing, not knowing that it's also and you wrote, that is Ha'il uh, Ghatas. But here it seems you planned on doing a permitted act. That was your intent. And it turns out it's also You won't be liable to a Ghatas. Whereas Abaya says it's not so much, it's less, uh, it's slightly less to do with your thoughts and more to do with the actual action. Was your, did the act you intend, did you carry out what you intended? That's what a buyer would say. If you carried out what you in, intended, and even though you intended it to be permitted, and it turns out it's also, awesome, you'd be Chai Vachatis. Whereas Rav again, he said, goes much, not so much after the act itself, but more after your intention. But now we've actually mentioned this, Mahlokit, three times. Yesterday at the top of i Bez with Bez, we brought... Um, if someone intends to pick up something that's deta- uh, to cut something that's detached, and he cuts accidentally cuts something that is attached. So he went to cut. He saw this pumpkin on the ground, thought it wasn't attached, and cut it in half to take some of it for his salad. And then it turns out it was attached. A buyer said Potter, and Ravah said Chayav. And today we've just had two more. We had someone who intended to throw two amos in a shusharabim, any accident, and it he overthrew it and threw four amos. And then we brought a third scenario of where someone thought they were throwing in a rishus hayochin, and it turns out they were actually throwing in a rishus harabin. So the Gemara wants to know, why do we need all three of them? So he said, We need all three of them. If we only had the case of where he intended to cut something that was detached and he cut something that was attached. kamarava." In that case, maybe Robert says that the Holocaway Khatika D Yusura because he did not intend to do an Isul Khatika. Avaniskave in Lizrokstein Vazarak Arba de Arba Belo Tarti Lo Mizrakle, where he intended to throw two Amus and he accidentally threw four Amos. Well he did kind of carry out his intention, why? The ho Tarti um sorbelo tarti lo misrekale. He couldn't throw, you can't throw four without throwing two. So at the end of the day, to a degree, his intention was carried out. So, maybe he agrees with Abay in that case. Maybe to that, it's the overlap between his intention and his act is much stronger. if we only had this case of we intended to throw two and he accidentally threw four, maybe that's where Rava says says it, ...because he did not intend to throw four. But in Rishus HaYochid, he thought it was Rishus HaYochid and it turns out to be a Rishus HaRabim. He actually intended to throw four amos. So everything he did was according to his intention. He was standing here and he planned to throw the ball over there. And he threw it and it went exactly where he planned on throwing it, four amos away... Maybe there Rava would agree to buyer that his act, granted he intended on doing permitted because he thought he was in Rishus but there his act is not... Uh, um, so, so therefore his act and his intent line up quite, are very in line, so maybe Rava would agree with Abayah that he's Chayvah khattas. Um Therefore, therefore we need all three of them. So again, we see that their machroikes is quite extreme, to the degree that, again, a buyer says, even in a case where you planned on cutting something that was detached and you accidentally cut something that was attached, so you transgressed or harvesting, that is, a buyer would say, your, your act, you intended to cut. So therefore you've done your act of cutting and therefore you'll be Chai Vachatis. Yeah, it was a mistake. That's why you're not going to be put to death for it. But it, you are Chai Vachatis. And Robert takes it to the other issue. He says, even if you planned on throwing something for Amos, and you threw it for Amos, but you thought it was permitted because you were in Rishus HaYochit, since the act you intended was, uh, since the act you intended was, so since the act you intended was, not was permitted. You won't be chayav for the act. Um, yeah. Now we're going to just ask a kashon rava. So tanan. Yeah. Sorry. So just yeah. Tanan. We learned in a mishnah. Avos Malochos, This is actually the next mishnah. We'll start today. Avos Malochos are. We'll do today. Avos melachos are boim chasser achas. There are forty melachos less one. And we ask, why does he need to give the number? Just count them. You don't have to be a genius to count that. They're 39 and say, oh, they're 40 less one. Why do we have to? Um, and Rabbi Yochanan comes along and says, it's because if you did all of them at once, you're liable to 30 chatos. I. That's the reason it adds in that extra word. That, that, that's why it tells us how many. To tell us that that's how many chatos you could be had. Now we're going to ask how do you ever get a guy who transgressed all 39 melochas by mistake? It's very easy. He knows it's Shabbos. And he knows that there's the different Malachas. He just made a mistake in the Shiorim. For example, he wanted to throw two and he threw four. He wanted to write one letter and he accidentally wrote two letters. All those cases, a buyer holds his Chaiver Korbanchatas. So he could know about all 39 Malachas and accidentally transgress them and he will be liable for a uh um, he will be liable for a korban chattas. But according to Rob, in that case, he's How do you ever get a case where he does it on perp, he knows about Shabbos, and he makes a mistake with the malachas? We've explained this a few times. If you know it's Shabbos, but you don't know that there are 39 things that are awesome, what do you actually know about Shabbos? It's not counted as knowing about Shabbos. Knowing Shabbos is knowing that there are 39 Malachas that you're not allowed to do. Or at least you know some of them. So that, what's Shabbos in my mind? Oh, Shabbos is the day I don't cook and write. You might not know it's the day that you don't uh, harvest and reap and, uh, and dye clothing, etc. But you know it's the day that you don't. So that's Shabbos. But if you don't know any of the 39 Malachas, what's Shabbos? It says, <speaking in Hebrew> ah, Well, Ravah can work very well according to Rebbe Yochanan, to Amar Ki Shkigas bekoris hazid belav lo even according to Rabbi Yochanan, he holds: What's the punishment if someone knows he's not allowed to do something on Shabbos? He knows he's not allowed to write on Shabbos. He knows he's not allowed to cook on Shabbos, etc. But he thinks it's only a negative commandment and not an isukores. According to Rabbi Yochanan, he's not held liable. And he has to bring a korban chatas. Ah, oh, so now according to Rabbi Yochanan, we know we now have a case. How can someone transgress all thirty-nine melach? Milo- no, it's Shabbos. Transgress all thirty-nine melachas, and be chayv a separate korban for each. And that is where he thought each of the melachas were only a negative commandment and not a isukaret. Ela yisav aloker Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, but if Ravah holds like Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, do Amar ad belav until he makes a mistake with the lav, the kores. The Lele Shabbos So, Rabbi Shimon Shabas Shabbos According to Rebbe Shimon Ben who says that he's only Chav if he makes a mistake with with love and chorus. i.e. he has to not know it's Osur as soon as he thinks it's Osur even if he doesn't know the severity of the issur, he would it would be considered B'mezid and he wouldn't bring a Choban Chates So how, according to Rebbe Lokish, do you ever get a case of someone who knows about Shabbos, knows that they're Sami Surim, but doesn't know any of the 39 Malachas at all. It's not really Shabbos anymore. So how can he be la- ever be liable to 39 Malachas? So he says, no. He knows about Chumim according to Rabbi Akiva. Aye, he knows you're not allowed to carry more than 2,000 Amos in line with Rabbi Akiva, who holds that it's a Yisudor, Isa. Now that, as we said, oh, so you ask this guy, what's Shabbos? Says Shabbos is the day you're not allowed to walk 2,000 amos outside of your area. But so he knows about Shabbos, and Shabbos has a meaning to him, but he doesn't know any of the other 39 malachas, and therefore, if he does any of them, he will be pottered. Okay, so just to clarify again, according to Abayin and according to Abayah, it's much more dependent on the act. Your intent and your act don't have to line up that much. Your as soon as you have intent to do an act, and you do that act, if it turns out it was an Isu it would be kai of a If it was one of the Malachas, 39 Malachas. According to Rava, no, misasek is only where your intent lines up quite strongly with the act to the degree as long as your intent was for a permitted act. Ah, you thought what you're doing was permitted. Or you thought you were doing it in a permitted way, and it turns out that it's also not sorry. Not you thought you were doing was permitted. Your intent was for a permitted act, and turned out it's also You would be chayv, You would not be of a korban You'd be exempt because that is misasek. Okay. Let's go on to the next mishnah. Um. This is a, I guess a very important mishnah. This Mishnah lists the thirty-nine avos melachos. So the Mishnah starts avos melachos, arboim chaser achas. The thirty-nine melachos. So one second, um, well, the forty melachos less one. I thirty-nine. Now, um, the big question that Basil's been asking the last few days is. Why can't we just say there are 39 malachas? Why do we say 40 less 1? So the Tosos I looked at it. He has a long discussion why it does that. But he basically comes out and says "Bamakos we learn out from a posuk because it says Arbwemi lash him 40 times and we learn a special drosha that only 39 times. So it's, so it says 40 less 1 to connect it to the posuk. It says once we mention 39 like that by saying 40 less 1 what would be, we say, ah, oh, so to here, so we say 40 less 1. And that seems to be, it would be the accepted pattern. Again, not, he's almost saying there's no real reason by Shabbos to say 40 less 1. But he, because of, uh, we do it by Makos, which there, it has a good reason. Because it's to connect it to the Posuk, We also do it here. Um, interesting question I heard. What did we count last night? 40 less 1. <laughs> Last night we counted thirty nine of them. Would you be yotzer if you set it out as tonight? what's it? Tonight is forty less one days of the Omer. And if I remember correctly, the Beraita. You can check me up on this. I think the hater says you might be yotzer because you see that's a, it's an accepted way throughout the the Talmud and the Torah to count thirty nine by saying forty less one. I thought it was amazing that it worked out that last night was. Uh, was 939 for this uh, for this question. Okay. Um, so now we're going to go into the avos malachas. Just interest... Another... Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't remember. I have to check the Berhater inside. I mean, it's specifically we find by this number, it's 40 less 1. I don't know if we find that by another number. Um, okay, so and that's just another point to notice as we're going through the through this Mishnah, it breaks the 39 Malachas into categories, which I think the Pnei Yashua basically points out. The first category is to do with preparing bread. It starts with harvesting and it ends with baking. And then the second category is to do with clothes. It starts with shearing an animal and goes through up until weaving, um, tying, etc., And then the third category has to do with preparing hearts, which I guess is also partially preparing clothes or food. And then, sorry, I wanted to check something. Yeah, and then it moves on to writing, things that are necessary for ink and regarding writing. Maybe that's also the preparing of the heart because they used to write on parchment. So he points out it's going up in order of basic necessities. First, most basic necessities is food. A person needs to eat. The second is clothing. Person needs to clothe themselves, and then communication. So we're going up in almost in a way we're going up in sophistication. Okay, so what are the thirty-nine Malachas? So the first one is Zoraya, sowing, that's where you throw the seeds into the ground. Bahkoyresh, ploughing, that's loosening the earth. Bahakoitzer and harvesting. Um, yeah, just uh, just on those, if you, just some I'll just put in a few odd interesting points on some of them just we don't have time to analyze them all there's many many sporim and they go into these in quite depth and we'll go into more of it in the Gomorrah and over the rest of the Masechta but sowing they are so when you put a seed in the ground actually it doesn't do anything for a while it takes a few days for it to take root so interesting enough you do an act that is almost point um, doesn't achieve anything then and would you be chav and what would be that if you put a seed in the ground to plant it and then took it out again before Motzei Shabbos, before it had time to take or before it had time to take root or you So that's a discussion. And just regarding Choresh ploughing, they learn that is any act you do on the ground to improve it for planting. Cake as you said is harvesting. Ma'amr is gathering. When you finished harvesting you gather the the wheat or whatever the grain into bundles and then into bigger bundles, etc. That's all ma'amer Vahadash, threshing. Threshing is where you separate the kernel from the chaff The is winnowing. what they do is they take a fork and th- throw the thresh grain in the air, and the wind would blow the the, the light chaff away, and the grain would basically fall back down into the pile so that 's how you separate that's a, it's part of sorting and interesting enough, they point out with Zora. Zohirah is done through a grommet, indirect. You just throw the grain and the, the chaff and the kernels up in the air, and the wind does the work for you. And still we see by Zohirah, you chive, even though it's not you actively doing the sorting. You're just throwing it up in the air. And Then a, the, the seventh beloch is boirer, selecting. There generally they would select out all the pebbles and dirt that got mixed in with the grain. Um, that's one of the most practical ones for preparing food and eating food on Shabbos is... Uh, when you can take, if you have a bowl of different foods or what you can take from the bowl and what you can't take from the bowl, etc. vah grinding that's sifting, very similar to boyer kneading, that's when you add two ingredients together to produce uh, one mass. I mean the classic example would be dough. Um and baking, remember as baking and bishel. Okay, that's the first set. That's 11. That's all in the in producing bread. I should have mentioned before we entered into this. Remember, where do we know the 39 melachas from? So we've had a few droshas. The primary, primary reason is, they somehow worked it out from the primary acts that were done in the Mishkan. If it was done in the Mishkan, then it's considered, um, then it's considered an Av. If it's similar to what was done in the Mishkan, then it's considered a tolta. Sometimes, if it's very similar, it's still considered an ad, but that would basically be the general rule. Interesting enough, remember a few days we saw Eile Hadvorim. Dvorim is 2, Hadvorim is 3, and Eile is Gematria 36. So that's another source for 39, but the primary drosha is um, connecting it to the Mishkan. Now there's an interesting machlokes, um, Rashi and the Goenim. I don't remember who said which way, Um, and which garnet is. But when we say these things that were done in the Mishkan, is it was only done in the preparation of the Mishkan, in basically the building of the Mishkan, or even in the general avoider? For example, where do we find um, baking or cooking in the building of the Mishkan? If you learn it's in the temple service, the building and the temple service as well, well, we find that in making menachos. Remember, they used to make wheat offerings and those were baked, etc. So, okay, fine, that's one. But where do we find it if you learn, like, the opinion that it's only what's done in building of the Mishkan, which I think is Rashi? So there, interesting enough, all of these would not really do to bread. They didn't have to make bread in the Mishkan. But what did they do? They had to prepare da's. And da's you would have to plow, um, plow, plant, grow the ingredients, grind up the ingredients, cook the ingredients, etc. So that's where you find most of these, again, is in preparing da, not necessarily in preparing bread, but we connected to preparing bread. Um, another interesting question that they asked on these is, where did they ever plow, plant, etc. in the midbar? Remember the 40 years when they, booked, when they were building the mishkan, they were in the desert. There was no plowing or planting or harvesting, so some bring no, it was what had already been done ahead of time. Somehow they knew to do that in Mitzrayim ahead of time for the Mishkan. Or there was a, it was a miracle that wherever they camped, there was uh, miracles were occurring to them all the time. And there was a miracle that they could do all this in I guess a few days or a few uh, in a very short period of time. They were able to do all. Um, plant and plow and it would grow very quickly, etc. So that they did actually have these, do these actions in preparation of the mission. Okay, the next set, as we said, is for cloth. Um, so first one is a uh, shearing wool. And interestingly enough, we connect that to many different types. Um, you're not allowed to uh, cut human hair, never mind, obviously, animals hair, etc. Things like that. Um, and then if you clean that wool that's the 13th, 14th manatspo combing it, that's uh, untangling it dyeing it, colouring it and spinning it that's when you take the many different threads and twist them together and mounting the wall I just want to try something quickly Um, because just it will make the next view a little bit easier. Okay. um, Sorry, one second. Um, Let's just see if this works. Yeah, So this is basically what the loom looked like. If you look, on the one end is the cloth roll on the far right of the screen. Can you see the screen I'm sharing? Yeah. So that's the, that's that, that cloth roll, that's where the person would sit. Now they would tie strings across from the cloth, or thread from the cloth roll to the warp beam. That's caught, co- that's this one HaMesach. Then the next one is the 18th one is by Ose Schnee botainirim is to prepare two botainirim basically how this works i don't know if you know how loom works but basically remember you want to weave you, they would set up the strings the threads across from one the cloth roll to the warp beam across now they had to get another piece of material weaving up and down through each of them so how they did that is they had these two frames if you look um, called the harnesses And those frames, they would put every second thread through the one frame, and then the remaining threads through the second frame. Now, the one frame would go up, pulling up all those threads, and then they would put the material through, the the cloth, the filling yarn, and then that beam, that that harness would then go down, and they would um, put it through again. And that way, it's for all intents and purposes the same as weaving the the filling yarn up and down. So the heddles are those little, um, the rings with the strings attached to the harness. So to put the thread through two of those would be the 18th Malacha. The 19th Malacha is ha oirek chutin, who weaves two threads. So that's putting the filling yarn from one side to the other and then back again. That would be um, weaving. Number 20 is, is if you remove two threads. Sometimes at the end you would realize some of the material was a bit thicker in one place or a bit thinner in another place and that would... Um, sorry, and that would... Um, thicker or thinner in one place or another and then they would pull out some of the threads to make it equal. That's potsaya then the 21st, koisher sher, fahamatir, tying and unty- untying. That's the first and second one. Um, the th- next one is toifer steitfiros, is sews two stitches. The twenty-fifth, 24th is korea almanas litfor steitfiros, if someone tears material on condition to sew two tefiros. Very interestingly, um, discussion on this one is. When did they ever tear in the making of the Mishkan? So sometimes if the curtains would get eaten by an insect or a worm, that what you do is, if you have a hole in the material and you just sew it together, the material pulls and it doesn't look so nice. So what you do is you tear it um, above the hole and below the hole and then you overlap the material a little bit. I think they might call it a dart in modern uh, tailoring. and that would um, and and then they would sew it. So that's the tearing. Now, interestingly, Rashi points out on here. This is, we find there certain malachas, and we're going to see more. Like here, it says tearing on condition to sew. We didn't say um, untying on condition to tie. And Rashi says because it's specifically by tearing that it is done. Um, that that was the case in the Mishkan. So even if you do it for another, oh, Even if you do it for another reason, another constructive reason, you'd still be. It wouldn't necessarily be the av of of, uh, of tearing. It's, according to Russia, it's specifically when you tear to so. Thank you. Um, then we carry on. Hatzad tzvi. If someone traps an animal. I had to trap animals to get the hearts. Vahashoycheit, if you want shechts it, but it just it means killing any creature. Vahamavshito, skinning the animal. Vahamolcho, vahamavet, salting and tanning. Salting was the starting process of tanning. The Gemara is actually going to discuss that. or sorry, tanning it's hard. The Gemara is actually going to discuss that this is really one melacha. And it's going to add in a different one, but we'll wait till we get to the Gemorrah. Vahamach, memachko, smoothing it. That would be removing the extra hairs or smoothing out the parchment or the hard, scraping it smooth for, um, for the purposes you need it for, and cutting it. The difference between, one of the main differences between tearing and cutting is cutting is cutting it to a specific size, to a specific pattern. And the 32nd Malacha is writing two letters, just something to think about before we go on, is it only Hebrew? Oh, where did they write in the Mishkan? So they used to remember the Mishkan was many beams that they would put together. And they used to write numbers, letters on the beam so that they could order it. So this beam would be Aleph, that beam would be bay so that they always had the same beam in the same position in the Mishkan. So that's why you would write two letters to be able to order the the thing. So is it only in Hebrew that you're not allowed to write? Is it Um, What happens if you write on two different pieces of paper and bring them together? Would that be counted as writing? Okay, lots of interesting questions about each of the melochas. If you erase enough to write two letters, or on condition to write two letters, the 34th meloch is building and destroying. Now, how do you... Remember, most of the melochas have to be constructive, so how do you... Destroy in a constructive way. So we generally said, so seramanas live noise." You destroy in order to rebuild. Pardon? Yeah. Well, dismantling's a question if it's boine, But let's say you've got a rickety wall, so you break that wall to build a strong wall. That's generally, or you dig a hole in a wall to put a nail in. That digging of the hole is so seramanas live noise. And that would be Boine. Very interestingly, most of these malachas, Um So, I'm not sure exactly two, I have to check that up. But each of the melochas have a minimum shear. The ones to do with f- food, it's a grogeris. Like you have to sift the grogeris of flour. You have to cook a grogreris to be have the common chattos or the isu you have to All of the Malachas have a minimum shear. One question is why only by letters and stitches and stuff does it mention two? It doesn't mention the or the amount you have to do be, to be liable a chattos by any of the others. I think two because that's what was done in the Mishkan. That's the minimum amount that's uh, significant writing is to write these two letters and join them together. But I, I, I need to check that up. Um... Uh, one of the exceptions in Shisnaf is the one we just did Boine if you do any tiny improvement to your house to a building that's Boine I'm also interested Boine is a fascinating one because it seems to include some that are very strange for example um, making cheese is considered Boine plaiting hair is considered Boine so Boine and, yeah, and also included in Boine is the whole discussion of tents and umbrellas, etc. So Boyne is quite a fascinating, very broad, very fascinating. Um, then carrying on, the 37th one is Hamavir. The 38th is, sorry, I left out 36 is Machaveh and 37 is Mavir, Extinguishing or Lighting. Lighting Vamakeva Patish, the 38th is what we call the final hammer blow. Any completing an act is is Osir. And this final hammer blow, they used to apparently for metal kalem you used to give it a good uh, knock with the hammer and if it was sound, it would somehow strengthen it, reinforce it, and if it was weak, then sometimes it would crack the, the metal clee that you would bang with this hammer. And um, But that was the final process in the manufacturing. That's often just putting a last um, putting the last piece together of a thing, even though it's not really a significant one, that's finishing the item, and that would be Osr. Mishus um, and then the 39th one is carrying from one Rishus to the other. That's carrying Elu, Avos, Melochas, Arbim, Chosah These are the 40 Melochas, last one, the primary Melochas. Okay. Um, so the Gomorrah asks, Minyona Lameli, why does it tell me the number? We've actually seen this question a few times in this peric already. But the question is, if you just list the items, I can count. I know how to count it. I'll get to 39. Why tell me the 39 melachas? So Amr Yochan Yochanan, Shem awesome, Kulam Behele, to teach us that if you do all of them in one lapse of awareness, Chayev, for achas you liable for each and every one independently. As we pointed out in the, earlier on in this peric, generally if you eat you might have thought that all of Shabbos falls into one melacha. Don't do melacha. That's what the Pasuk says. So maybe if you, did, if you harvested and cooked and wrote and tarred, you should only be high of one chattas? Comes along to this Mishnah and teaching us that, no, we split them into 39 avos. they almost viewed as 39 separate Isurim prohibitions. Okay, then we said Hazoreva If you plant and you plow, Since when you when you come to your field, the first thing you do is plow and then you sow. It should have started with plowing and then said sowing. Why does it say if you sow the seeds and then you plow? That's backwards. He says no. Tanab Eretz Yisrael. this was in Eretz Yisrael. va'Hadakravi that they would plant and then plow. I think um, what shat there is that. Um, you, they would plow but the ground was still so hard if they would just plant there it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be good enough for the seeds to grow. So they would plow they would plant the seeds again and then they would plow a second time. And you're even hire of one of the 13 Amalachas for that second time of plowing. Now you say Sowing, pruning sowing seeds pruning planting trees Mavrich is It's a procedure, I don't know the technical term for it. I think it might be called layering or something. But what they do is you take a vine or a branch and you bend it under the ground and it starts to grow roots from where you put it under the ground. And then you can cut it from the original vine that it's growing from. And marchiv is grafted. They're all one melacha, they're all part of Zoraya. So, what do we see? So, now there's a bit of a debate amongst the Rishonim and Achronim which are avos and which are told us. But the main point for us, I think, is to notice that they're all... What's the goal of Zorea? To cause something to grow. That's what Zorea is. So all these things that cause something to grow or grow better is considered Zorea. And the I mean, in my mind, the most surprising one of this Obviously, um, Zorea not is basically the same thing. It's just a different word you use for planting grain and for planting trees. But Zoimer is pruning... You're cutting branches off the tree or off the vine to make the vine or the tree grow better. That is also considered sowing. Okay, carrying on. My Kamash Melan, what's he coming to teach us? How Kamash Harben, Achas, Einochav, ela Achas. If you do many Melochas, but from one type, one of the 39 Avos, you would only be liable to one Ghatas. So if this person woke up, Knew it was Shabbos, but didn't know he wasn't allowed to do all these malachas. And he went and he planted some grain. So he was Zoraya. He went and he planted a tree. So he was uh, Notea. And he went and he pruned his other, his uh, rose bushes. He's chayav one Korban chatas because it's one, all one malacha. And he says, oh my Yo, if someone prunes he transgresses, it's a total of Notea planting. And if someone plants layers or grass, he's chai because of Zoraya. Now it sounds like he's saying, Mishum Zoraya in Mishum law. It sounds like he's emphasizing that they're connected to Zoraya. Which is sowing, which you do for grain and not planting i is he coming to tell us that planting and planting trees and planting seeds uh, grain seeds are considered different acts and they would be liable to separate khatas. that 's what it sounds like he 's saying no he 's saying that even because of Zoraya, i e if he 's not and Zorea, it's all considered one. Uh, you might have listed these, in, you might have split them up into different categories. You might have said, there's one of to do with seeds and gra- with grain, and there's another Avmalacha to do with planting trees, etc., and what comes with it. And actually, no, it's all one. I think that's how to read that piece. Rav Kahana says if you prune and you also need the wood, you're liable to two carbon khatas. You've done two of the Isurim. Why? What are the two? So, Achas Mishum koitzer, Achas Mishum Notea. One is you've harvested and one is you've planted. But the fact that you're pruning, are you try, let's say you're cutting your vine and you're pruning it so that it grows better. That's Zomer. Um, that's Zomer. But if you are, but by the fact that you want those branches, that's harvesting. That's the same as cutting grain from the ground because you want it. So you'd be liable to do Go on. Omar of Yosef says, I've got another example. mind the Similar, someone who cuts aspasta is also liable to do it. He's harvesting the sort of uh, grass... Um, grassy sort of sort of aspast is some sort of grass that they would ha- grows very quickly and they would harvest it often for the animals but when you harvest it it, it stimulates its growth so they harvest it for the animals and animal more food so that's harvesting but also planting because it grows better the more frequent you cut it then high the. The kind of silka, someone who cuts beets, so too, someone who cuts off, be, off beets from the ground, he's liable to two. One because of harvesting, and one because of Zorea. Again, when you cut the beets because you want them, that's harvesting. And when you cut the beets because you, um, it increases their growth it improves their growth, more can grow now. You've also done. Pruning, you've also done, well, Zoraya, you've also done sewing. So just just to focus on this for one moment, we see how you can be doing the exact same act, but the motivation changes the melacha. I mean, and that's what, I guess that's what we would call it, meleches machsheveth. It has to be a thought-out act, and your intent actually makes a big difference. Um, where this is going to, yeah, um, just, so let's just look at the first one. If you cutting wood from a tree because you want the wood to burn, make a fire, that's harvesting. If you're cutting branches off a bush or a tree so that it grows better, that's pruning. If the act is both, well then you're actually doing two melachas in one and you would be liable to two kovachatas. Um, important to notice where this intent gets more tricky, we're gonna see a bit of it soon, but one is, we know they. I think they, they generally say they're far, but there are a few conditions to make it a melachas machsheves. A if you're doing one act, you plan on doing one thing, and another act will result. Or as we're going to see shortly, Melokhosheng Shricha I'll describe it then. It says, If someone plows, digs, makes furrows, that's all the one type, one of Maloha. Why? Because you're improving the land for planting. And, Gav Shushis." What happens if you have a, a little mound, and you remove it. So you have a little a mound of earth in your, on the ground. It boine. If it's in the house, it's Boine. Bueno. If you have a little uh, bulge in the ground and you sand it down, or they, I mean their house were often earthen, so you just dig it away to make it smooth, that's Boine, bueno. that's improving the house. Besode, if it's in the field, If you move this mound, remove this mound from the field, that's ploughing because that's improving the ground for planting. Va'omer rova and rova said, not from. Yeah, omer rova rova said, heisaloy guma. If you had a little hole, Tamama and you filled it in, babaiz chaimishum. If it's in the house and you filled up this little hole, that's building, that's improving the house. If it's because in a field, you've done plowing because now the ground is soft there and you can put a seed in. Rebbe Abba says, if you dig a hole on Shabbos and all you want is the sand, you're exempt. And even if Yudah says you hive for the Malachasheh and Shrikhala Kufa, Hani metake, and that's where it's constructive. Chai but here it's destructive. And therefore you're not bichai. So let's just go to Malachasheh and We've mentioned in the past, um, Rashi's explanation of Malachasheh and Shrikhala is, what happens if you're not doing the Malachasheh because you want the Malachasheh done, but because you need something else done? One of the classic, one of the main cases this is discussed well, this is a good example, but let's see. another example is about a mace. If someone has a mace in their house and they want it out their house, so their reason to carry it into the public is not because they want to carry they want the mace to move the mace from A to B. It's just because they don't want the mace in in A. So it's a reaction that they're carrying. It's not what they want to be doing. It's just they don't want it here, so they have to get it over there. So they have to get it out of here. But the aim is not carrying the process of carrying is that i want this atom over there and that's why i'm carrying it there which is not um a, and that's so To here what generally dig in a hole is you want the hole you want to put something in the hole you want to build a foundation in the hole if it's a field you want to plant in the hole but here you dig in a hole because you want the sand so there your holes are Reaction, a result, a byproduct. It's not what you actually want, and therefore it's a malach hashainat Now, Rabbi Yehuda generally holds. Rabbi Shimon holds you exempt. It's a isut rapar and malach hashainat shircha Yehuda holds you high for malach hashainat However, we're saying here when you dig a hole in your field, and obviously in your house, you're damaging it. No one wants just random holes in their garden. So it's makalkal. It's destructive, and therefore Rabbi Yehuda would agree in this case, malach hashainat which is makalkal, is potur. Um, yeah, Tosfos, one second, Tosfos have a different way of explaining Malachasheh and Shricha and that is, what was the intent that it was done for in the Mishkan? Uh, in the Mishkan, when you dug a hole, it was to put something in it. Or, and all the other Malachas, when you carried in the Mishkan, it was to move the item from place A to place B. If you're doing that action, but with a different intent, a different motivation... Then you then it's Melochoshain So how Tos would explain it again with them. It's, it's a subtle Mahloches, Rashi and Tos. I can't think of any nafkamine there's any differences, but they understand it. Tosos would say again, when the, the reason to carry in the Mishkan was to move it from place A to place B. A mace which you don't want in this house, so your intent is not to move it to place B, it's just to get it away from here. That's uh, that would therefore only be Melochoshain Similarly, here your intent of digging a hole is because you want the hole. Here, you don't want the hole, you just want the sand. The holes are... So therefore, you'd be potter according to Toys. That's how Tosos understand it. Yes, Basil? No, so... Okay. So I think Koitzer has to be on something that's like growing from the ground. Interesting thing yeah. Interesting I didn't mention I meant to actually mention it in the Mishnah, but another important consideration is some of the Malochas only apply to things that grow from the ground. Some of the melochas specifically apply to things that don't grow from the ground. Um, just for example, shearing and koitzer are very similar, but the ones you shear animals, you take, you cut off the hair of animals and one is your harvest. Why are they not the same? Is a question in its own right. Um, why there's not like two different, why is it two separate malachas? Um, but some of them like grinding. Is grinding a lot of those malachas in the first stage they ask, is it only um, for those things? Or what about food? If you color cloth, that's dying. If you color food, is that also a surveyor? So there's big discussion about each of them. Do they apply to only things that grow or things that specifically do not grow or you know so something yeah you know, that's another thing that we have to when the past when working out the 30 uh, mile you have to work out okay carrying on for that's harvesting tanner we learned in a bracer Koitzer, we said is harvesting basically all these words are different terms that they had for harvesting different types of food. So, for example, boiter is the language for picking, harvesting grapes, picking grapes. Goider is for dates. Masik is for olives. And oire is for figs. Um, I think they were an agricultural society, so they, these meant a lot more to them. So they had different words. I don't think we necessarily, we have like harvesting and picking. I don't know if we necessarily have uh, many more, maybe farmers do, but many more words for these different the difference between picking an olive and picking a fig, and um, they have different words for. But they're all melacha achas. And Omera a high mind the shoda pisa the dikla vaasa tamri If someone threw earth at a palm tree and some and some of the dates got cut off by that earth, he's liable to two achas mishum toilesh. One because of picking and what is extracting okay, the picking is easy he picked the when he throws this the stone or this piece of this clod of earth at the tree to get the and the date comes off well that 's picking and mafarik, what 's mafar so that 's dash dash is when you remove the kernel from its chaff its husk, so so to hear how the dates grow in a cluster pulling one date out of the cluster is mefarek, it's separating the date from the cluster. So that's why you're liable to two. Ravashi says you would not be chayev because it's not the normal way to do it. Again, and that's another one of the principles for it to be considered a melech, is that you would be chayev, it has to be a normal way to do it. If you do it in an irregular way, like here, whoever picks dates by throwing stones at the tree, Whoever separates clusters from the, uh, dates from their clusters by throwing stones at them is that's not a usual way of doing it and therefore it would only be it would be potl not Chai eva would only be isutra bonnet. And interesting enough the, one of the just to go back to the Mishnah writing one of the few they bring writing with your left hand is a shinui. Doing other things with your left hand is not necessarily a shinui. Switching on and off a light with a left hand is not really a shinui. Not, not necessarily a shinui but something that would Take more fine work and more skill if you do it with your left hand instead of your right hand, that could be a shinui. Ta-da. Um K okay, um La um Omarava Rava says, If mind the conif milk mi. Someone gathers salt from the salt pits, salt ditches, he would be ma'amir gathering. A bioom imurgid karka says, "No, imur, gathering pro- uh, things together only applies by things that grow from the ground. Just the salt pit is what they used to do is they used to run a, a little uh, water pipe from the sea to a hole, and then they would block it up and the sun would evaporate all the water and you'd be left with the salt. That's how they used to get salt from the sea. So what happens if you go get, collect that salt together? Is that the same as collecting all the sheaves of grain together? Ma'amer. So, Rava says it is. And Abaya says no. Abaya says Imur is only by things that grow from the ground and salt doesn't. So here you see that principle I mentioned a few minutes ago that some things only apply to things that grow from the ground or some things... Do not. Here's one machloikas that way. Um, hadash, someone who threshes. Tana, we learned in Brisa. Hadash vaha v'hamenafets vaha kula melacha achas. Dash is threshing grain. Menafets is beating flax. You crack open the flax to. You do a similar thing to dash, but you crack open you crack open the flax stalks to get the the fibers out of them, and. Menafet is beating cotton to get the fibers out of it. That's all the same malacha. It's all getting the part that you want. I mean, it's not necessarily food, but the food or the fibers from the chaff, from the husk that they're in, that would all be, that would be the same as dash. Okay, and I think let's leave it there for today.